Hey, folks, welcome back to Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Jan. I'm Mark. And we've got a special guest today. Go ahead and say it. I'm Sean. Hey, guess who's back with us? <laughs> guess who's back? We I mean, traded two brothers for our friend from across the pond, Sean Ferrick. Yeah, so we're still coming up short in that trade, actually. We need like three or four other brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, but no, no, that's just what a steerage ticket costs for a flight these days. So uh, <laughs> yeah. they'll be they'll be put to work and they'll be worked hard, but generally they'll be looked after well. <laughs> yeah. I I love the idea of steerage. A steerage ticket is you have to like work on the ship to to to, to go across. Oh, basically, yeah. No, this is still a yeah. plane, mind, but you're still down shoveling yes. coal into the uh, furnaces. Right. Like, yeah. into the furnaces yeah, yeah. on the plane. On the plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you yeah. stop, the propellers stop and uh, you crash. <laughs> like you, you've got you've got it in one, and people are like, you because know, you know, people ask me, Sean, how did you get back and forth from America this time? Because <laughs> that's how I did it. Like, yeah. You know, kind of like. <laughs> Anyway, we've got, you know, we Irish have a really good history of things that cross the Atlantic. Listen, the Titanic was fine when it left here, lads. That's (laughs) true. That's true. Okay, wait. So the Titanic was, wasn't it built in Liverpool or was built in Ireland? It was built by, uh, it was built in Belfast, uh, which is in Northern Ireland. And then it was the the maiden voyage that we all think of. Uh, Yeah, it set sail from England, but it was actually built here. Um, and no one told us there was icebergs. If you tell us that, we'll make it okay. You know? <laughs> they cannot be held res- responsible. Exactly, uh, yeah. How was uh, how was San Diego last week, Jan? Uh, San Diego was beautiful last week. We told all the listeners that your bachelor party was at the zoo. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, that's oh, fine. I, that was the I've best place to have a bachelor party. Oh, smelly and yeah, getting wasted and feeling Ooh. bad about all the trapped animals. It's great. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I Saturday on a Friday. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but my friend, a friend group of mine, and I, we go to Dragon Con. We try to every year. That's it. It's like Comic Con, but in Atlanta for Sean, and which is where I I lived for a very long time. Uh, it's awesome. It's a great party. It's way less. Um, you know, Comic-Con has become basically a, a marketing event for Disney movies. Dragon Con is what Comic-Con used to be like, just fans getting drunk and uh, lots of cosplay, great panels. Like we still get like, I went to a Strange New Worlds panel last year. It was great. And uh, we call Saturday on a Friday or Saturday on a Thursday because you're supposed to peak on Saturday night. You party hard Saturday night because you know you have Sunday to recover. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to get swept up in the excitement, the fun, the joy of being surrounded by all these like, like-minded nerds uh, on a Thursday or Friday night. And if you do that, if you Saturday on a Thursday, you are screwed on Friday. If you Saturday on a Friday, your Saturday is going to be more like a Sunday or even, God forbid, a Monday. No, we don't use so, that word here. No, we don't Monday. <laughs> uh, so yeah, last weekend uh, in San Diego for the bachelor party, I did Saturday on a Friday. My Saturday was much more low key. And then, uh, yeah, I, I recovered enough to play golf for the first time in my life. Oh, okay. All right. Did How- you do like 18, 18 holes? We did 18 holes. How long did it take? About four hours. Uh, and I'm terrible at golf. We basically... It was three of us who'd never played golf before against 
the groom who loves golfing. Uh, and I assume, we played, yeah. Yeah, we played best ball of the three of us. So we actually, we still lost by 11. But it was a lot of fun. I actually get golf now. I understand it. Like, I, I don't understand the strategy, but I understand the appeal, which is, oh, you're just hanging out in the sun all day? Like, beautiful weather? When I was a teenager, my dad, my dad had my brother and I have golf lessons um, because my, which is crazy because my dad was <clears throat> always worked in in the corporate world and he was like, it's something I always regretted because these guys go out and do these business deals on the golf yep. course. And now my brother is a teacher. I work in academia. And so it like hasn't paid off at all. Right, um, right, right. But, but he was like, it's a skill that you could use into your like seventies and eighties. Like Donald Trump golfs eight days a week he golfs. And so it's like, you could use until you're, you're a very old man. Um, and so I appreciate it. I don't use it. I haven't golfed in 15 years, but still we had golf lessons when we were like in middle school and high school. So it's cool. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, I never, I, I, I played pitch and put a lot, but I never really progressed past that. So okay, I well, vividly this remember. podcast is over now. Absolutely. Uh, no, no, no. That's fine. No, no. I <laughs> vividly remember the one time I've ever been to a full golf course, right? So having only ever used like little pitching irons or a seven, if I was feeling fancy, um, went out with my granddad, right? And this is in Rosslare Golf Club, which will mean something to some people and nothing to, well, apparently people like me. Um, and so we went in and, you know, I was like, I was delighted to be doing something with my granddad. This was really cool. He got so annoyed at me for how crap I was. We went home after nine. <laughs> what? Because we took four hours to do nine. Oh, well, sorry. No. Sorry to be more accurate. I took four hours to right, do that. Right, right, right. He would have been like he probably would have could have joined E and done. You know, he, he was he was quite he was he was very good. Yeah, I. You know, apparently you're supposed to hit the ball straight. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, you're you know, I, I that's that's kind of a heartwarming and then very sad story at the same time. You'd think that he'd find a, a compromise. You know, like, oh, you can hit off of, you know, where I land or something like that. Oh, yeah. He wanted you to legitimately play, but also annoyed that you were legitimately. Just like what? The first time that you played a full. First time ever. And to date, only time I've ever played a full. (laughs) Well, I didn't even play a full round of golf. No, he was a very, very nice man, of course. But yeah, he had, you know, grew up World War Two, Liverpool. Uh, he was like, he was quite, you know, taciturn and quite strict, always had a smile nearby, but apparently takes golf as serious as, I mean, anything. And I was like, that's okay. That's okay. You know, just, you learn how to smile through people's mistakes. Like when people say, oh, you're Captain Spock of the Millennium Falcon, you know, your, your will is to put them in a ditch, but you rein it back, you know, you rein it back. It's like if you find out you like have a son you didn't know you had. As I say, speaking of family disappointment. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this week's episode is Star Trek the Next Generation's Bloodlines, which we were supposed to do a month ago, but thankfully we pivoted to March Madness, which is where we met Sean. Yeah. Uh, or most of us met Sean. Mark already knew Sean. And uh, this episode came out in May 1994, the 2nd of May 1994, season seven, episode 22. The season where the writers are allowed to 
take some risks. Pretty much and do whatever they want. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's actually, I used to think of season seven as the weakest season, but now I think, you know what? This is the kind of the most fun. Like they're, they're doing weird stuff. There's weird stuff happening all over season seven. And I think, uh, I think it's actually grown on me as one of the better seasons. And had you not yeah. seen season one when you used to think that season seven was the weakest? <laughs> well, season, the thing about season one was, they, the difference between season one and season seven was by season seven, it was an established show. True. And so <clears throat> in season one, it was like, we're rolling the dice. We're gambling. Season seven, it was like, come on, guys. Like, I think so many scripts in season one. You're right, Sean. Season one is objectively the weakest TNG season. Most people, I think, I think my guess is going to be think of TNG as once they get rid of the stripe that striped uniform, you know. Uh, but yeah. even season two has some good some good apps. Thank you for some saying it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I've done yeah. a reevaluation yeah. of season two in the in the last while. It's still, I mean, it does get better when they get rid of the stripes. But two is a massive step up from one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Everyone just feels more comfortable. I think that's it. Like yeah. when kinda, Data loses his smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> When Spiner like nails down data, yeah. the data is when when yeah when when Spiner finds data's actual character, that's when we get it. Yeah, when they put Jordy uh, in gold, it things started to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Instead of that weird chief engineer that appeared like two or three times in the yeah. first season, and every time that chief engineer was doing something, he was fucking up. What episode was it where like, oh, it was uh, is actually Skin of Evil, I'm pretty sure. It's like the first scene of the, the episode. We're so off track already. Fantastic. <laughs> what happens when you bring in Sean Farrick of uh, Trek Culture on? We, we, we go everywhere. But yeah, uh, Picard's just like, why aren't we there yet? And his chief engineer is like very slowly moving a dilithium crystal from one area to another. And he's like, this is just not going to work. Like, this is ridiculous. We can't do We're, This is the flagship of Starfleet. And also, if the captain calls down to engineering and says, hi, chief engineer, what's the story? You don't reply with, this is Leland T. Lynch answering you, captain. We are having a look. I don't care. I've already lost interest. Why aren't we at warp? Yeah. Why aren't we at warp? Why is this not done yet? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, there's also a big production component that changes between season one and two. And that is they get a new director of photography. So everything lighting wise looks very mm. different. And that's why season one to a lot of people looks really cheap. It's mostly the lighting. Like it's got this very like direct, bright, you see the reflections and the surfaces a lot more. And they change that to a little softer light uh, in season two. That's when the show really starts looking like what we think of the next generation. Mm. We tried to get back on track, but then we went on a whole thing, <laughs> which I love. I like it. Uh, I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I would say at this point, you know, get your carabiner, strap it around your belt, uh, use your, uh, guide stick. I don't know anything about climbing. (laughs) It's very clear now. Uh, get ready to belay all other orders. Okay. No, no, that was right. Yeah. Belay. (laughs) I was actually trying to, I'm trying to do a double entendre belaying and belaying orders. Yeah. See, uh, and, uh, and, uh, check your genealogy because we're going to trek to the holodeck. 
Sorry, I forgot to tell you about that part, even though we did it on the last one. But yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. You guys just smashed it. Just smashed yeah. it. Do you want to do you want to just do one? You know, do just do one. Just do one now, even though we're, we're in I the I can cut you now. in. I can cut you in. No, no, don't even do that. I think he just gets to do one oh, yeah, himself. John? And now we're going to trek to the holodeck. Believe these simulations to be this real. Much of it is real, sir. I disengage the safety protocols. Not that even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. Nailed it. Fantastic. Perfect. Sean do good. Perfect. Sean do good. Yeah. Sean did Sean great. Sean do good. Yay. I, I'm uh, I'm DHLing you uh, a pat on the back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So this, we've already done when it came out. It was directed by Les Landau, who directed quite a few episodes, actually. Let's see here. Something like 50, 59 episodes. Written by Nick Sagan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is we actually originally were going to do this after Relativity, which he also also wrote Relativity, <clears throat> another Carl Sagan's kid <clears throat> written episode. Excuse me. Oh, good. He did seven episodes total. The other episode of TNG he did was Attached. Sean, what's Attached? Attached is actually really good. It's the one where Crusher and Picard are telepathically linked, and that they can't go too far away because of you know plot McGuffin, but um, uh-huh. they hear each other's, the secrets, they hear each other's feelings for each other. Oh, and yeah. um, it's actually really good. I watched it there recently. Uh, it, it's a really solid episode. Um, Gates McFadden is brilliant in it. That's when they're both dancing around the fact that they like each other. Ooh. And he's like, maybe we should explore this. And she's like, I don't think we should, which is not a statement that aged badly with season three of Picard. Anyway, <laughs> let's make Jack Crusher. Yeah. Um, also love the fact that this episode is clearly the trial run for season three of Picard. Bloodlines feels like the wrote it almost like the show Bible for season three of Picard. Yeah. That's yeah. <clears throat> and <clears throat> when we originally planned this one, I think it was maybe after episode one or two of after two, I think uh, after episode two of uh, se- season three of Picard. So yeah, it was a perfectly timed yeah. episode for them. which but now Par March is- madness <laughs> threw that completely <laughs> off, but still, you know, <laughs> Now we're on episode 19 of what is Jack Crusher Ugh. in Picard. Uh, Which, <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't worry because nobody knows. Uh, None what, of us are caught up. Yay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this episode. I see those shifting have, eyes down there, Sean. <laughs> those um, shifting eyes. Oh, his eyes are turning red. What is Sean? What is he? <laughs> well, if we are to uh, believe the internet, Pa Wraith, my God, yeah. the internet has taken that idea and run with it. Have you have you seen any of that on on Twitter? It seems like to be the number one theory at the moment. That's my theory. Yep. When when the Fred Eyes first popped up a few episodes ago, God knows how many episodes it was. Uh, 
That was my thing too. It was the red eyes specifically that made me think, oh, okay. Spoiler alert yeah. for Picard, by the way. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah when, when two episodes ago, when Vatic was like, now I'll tell you. And then when the last episode, Vatic was like, now I'll tell you. And then we still don't know. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, you know what? We, we always say on this podcast, like, hey, we need more filler episodes in Star Trek. There's no time for filler episodes. Well, we got two filler episodes, yeah, which, which had some good moments in them. You know, they were very like enjoyable, nice enjoyable filler plotty episodes. Yeah. Totally. Oh, Dominion was uh, so good. Oh, that Vatic monologue. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. We loved it. I think, Jan, you came over. We watched Dominion together. Um well, we both watched it the night before. Then we yeah, watched yeah. It. we watched it again the next day. Because, and the only reason I'm watching it at midnight when it releases is because I don't want to get on Twitter just looking for some shit posts and then somebody spoil the whole episode. My it's feed bad is trekkies. full of spoilers. The Every time. week, yeah. doesn't matter how many times you tell them, doesn't matter, and people won't yeah. tag it. You know, you can, no, you no. can tag, because you can mute words, obviously, on Twitter, but they won't tag spoilers. So... Look, predominantly the people who are enjoying the series want everyone to enjoy the series and they will, you know, they will hold off. They won't post spoilers. So there's my little spoiler rant. Um, But yeah, then there's just, I won't swear, but there are people who would make you you want to swear. Okay, there are dickheads who are just, this will get clicks. When are you going to swear? Yeah. When's the swear words coming? Yeah. Dickheads, come on. When are your fucking swear words coming, Sean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right there's a shower of c- out there right who uh <laughs> and sean went nuclear um but no wow, it's, we're just gonna have to bleep the next yeah i have to bleep seconds. all these words uh no the um yeah i'm grateful that survivor and picard come out on the same night because the picard spoilers sh- like shade all of the survivor spoilers i don't i don't see any survivor spoilers because of the picard spoilers it just it yeah it just blocks like, them all out good yeah, <laughs> it's just like I don't, is 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 that is that a good thing? No, no, that sounds like a good thing. That sounds like a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it drops at, at at three a.m. on the east coast, but it drops at midnight on the west coast. So, and we live on the west coast, so we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, sometimes eleven thirty. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody at a Paramount Plus HQ is just it's just like okay, it. now <laughs> let's do a quick runabout of this episode. I'll start it being the person who has the least remembrance of what occurs in this episode, um, and then we'll do Mark and then Sean. How's that sound? That sounds good. All right, um, I will start us off now. Enterprise. Meets a Ferengi ship, and the Ferengis are like, "We want, we've got your son, Picard. No, it's a probe. I'm sorry, it's a probe. There should be a policy about probes in the Enterprise D. There's a probe, and it's like, we got your son, Picard. And I'm gonna get my vengeance. And Picard's like, I don't have a son, do I? And uh, so then they go to this planet and they rescue um, Picard's son, who's a little bit of a jerk, um, and they confirm that it's his son. Uh, and then um, they, he's like put him back on the planet yo and but they keep him on the ship and then he he and picard are like start to connect a little bit um and the frankie's like i'm still gonna kill you and basically then he gets a little bit of a holiday in a starfleet ship and tries to hit on deanna troy she absolutely says no uh he gets beamed away by bok who has convinced a bunch of frankie that there's going to be a ransom there isn't going to be a ransom picard arrives and says nah it's not my son crusher did a second pass you're a dumbass anyway lots of hugs he gives away a prayer stick the end Oh, forgot to mention, 
we need to know if anybody bangs this episode. Does anybody bang? I feel like Vigo was about to bang and then something yeah. came up. Yeah. Nobody bangs. Nobody bangs. Nobody bangs. Unfortunately. Yeah. No he bangs. is a pretty no thirsty boy. There must not be Was he lasses. Picard's son or was he Riker's son? Because he was giving me Riker vibes. He was giving me well, season I, one Bashir versus Dax vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a little too much. Like, uh, grow up a bit. Um, yeah. Well, now we know, uh, hashtag Picard spoiler, that uh, maybe the Picards were a little bit hornier in their younger years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, even uh, Tapestry sure wasn't Jean-Luc Shag and everything that was in Starbase Earhart, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, or when he was on Risa, given Vash, uh, what for? Given Vash a rush. <laughs> Vash a rush. Oh my God. Oh. Sometimes it pays off to have an accent. Yeah. Hey. Um, so this is clearly, um, and uh, Jan's going to punch me through the screen. This is clearly TNG benefiting from the growth of DS9. Mm. Jan uh, hates hates my love of DS9. Um from Sorry, Jan, Ferengi, have you seen a counselor about this? <laughs> from Ferengi culture, the the growth of Ferengi culture. Um you don't have the humans. You still have that from Bach is is one of those Ferengi, but mm. you see through the the Ferengi a bureaucrat um that the uh, it's like he's like, "Oh, you don't have to thank me." He like he's still a dick, but he's it's we're, he's more of a quark Ferengi where it's like um they've grown and it's it's more like, "Well, Sorry, like, and and I like that. I like that we're not, they're not season one Ferengi anymore with their whips and their giant dicks and their furry suits. Well, um, for all we know, the Barangi, as you said, I, in this episode, I, might still have- toed the words, huge, I'm sorry. Huge I like it. penises. I've, as far as I'm concerned, every Ferengi still does have a very large penis. We just don't know. That's true. Uh <clears throat> But I think you're right. I 100. I said in my notes, I said slimy but harmless and actually almost helpful um, because it still got them where they needed to go. True. And I like you know the profit motivation is much clearer here, uh, which is great because it leads to that third act of all of them being like, "Wait a second, we're not going to get paid for like we're not going to get money for this." That's <clears throat> wonderful, you know, because then you have the the, the culture um, playing a role in the plot. Versus before, it's like it's also great because it shows that Damon Bach from the first it's a perfect retcon, right? right. Like he is not a normal Ferengi. He's right. a weird Ferengi who has weird perspectives on things. He cares about vengeance and not profit. Um, so yeah, they they did a great job, and, but they retained the face tattoos, which I like, which Picard has also echoed as well. Uh, so no, I, I'm not going to actually punch you in the face for that. That's he great. was still able to. He was still able to buy himself out of prison, which so they are still retaining parts of their culture, like the the profit um, focused culture. So I like that. Yeah, Sean, any commentary um, about the Berengi? I I I do because I think you've said it really well. This is a bit of a combination of old school Ferengi and new. Um, I was reading I was reading behind the scenes like, you know, oh, this is kind of a, a wrap up of a season one storyline, which it is, but there's kind of reasons season one was left in season one. Um, <laughs> like the battle is a good idea. I actually really like the idea. I just 
it kind of dragged on a little bit. Um, and I don't know, like, I know you have Ferengi, like, uh, for all the love of my body, all, you've got Ferengi like Rom, Ferengi like Nog, who are good people, you know? And, you know, the, uh, Rom's intelligence is directed in different ways, we'll say. Uh, as in, you <laughs> sure. could trick him in a second, but he could build a warp core faster than anybody else. Um, how thick are these three Ferengi? That Bach, who clearly is, is like, you know, is a, yeah, a t- mustache twirling villain. Um, and is literally openly saying, I want Picard to see your burned body. And they're all <laughs> yeah. like, whoop dee, I can't wait to get the ransom. I was like, right. <laughs> yeah. what? What on earth? Um, but I do like the, as you say, the, like the nods to like, the, oh, they're debating the rules of acquisition. And I love yeah. the nonchalant. He was sent to maximum security prison. He's still there. No, he bought himself out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> as as is one's right. Uh I love the, the so many aspects of Ferengi culture where they're so profit motivated that things like war don't exist because it just isn't like war internal warfare. Like Ferengi yeah. internal Ferengi warfare doesn't exist because it's not profitable. Of course, pay, selling arms to other species no problem. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. War is good uh, for business. It's one of the rules of acquisition. A hundred percent. Peace is good for business. Also one of the rules of acquisition. (laughs) What was the other one? Peace is good for business is also one of the rules of acquisition. (laughs) Uh, We should note that Damon Bach was recast for this. Probably Mm. my guess, there's no specific reason. It probably was just an availability thing. And who's going to remember in 1994 who played Bach in 1987? Uh, So Lee Ehrenberg played him. (laughs) Isn't he the the main um, Tellerite on Enterprise too? The main Tellerite ambassador. Yeah, yeah, he is. is. He? You you mean you don't remember Frank Corsentino? <laughs> no. Are you taking a picture of us not knowing Frank Corsentino? No, 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 no. I'm just uh, googling him. Oh, now you're all going to feel very, very sad. He passed away. Oh, you in mean 2007. for Bach? For oh. Bach? Yeah. 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 Although Rest he was peace. alive when Bloodlines aired. Um, so yeah, it's a good time to check the IMDB and see what he was doing. Often they're, you know, these people are, are, are working actors, LA working actors, probably on a movie or something like that. Oh, he did appear uh, as another Ferengi in the Voyager episode Inside Man. Oh, so he, the one only- with uh, Barkley? Yes. Oh, uh, that's a good episode. I like that episode. Yeah, it is actually. That's a good one. Ehrenberg played. Three different Ferengis. He played Grawl in the Nagus, Prak in Force of Nature, and of course, Bach in this episode. And he also played Pelk in the Juggernaut episode of Voyager. That's a good episode. That's a very creepy episode. Which one? Uh, Have we done this? No. What's the Juggernaut? I'm pretty sure that's the one where Balana is going over to help fix the Malon ship and there's like a deformed Malon who's been stuck in the radioactive waste on the ship and it's a real kind of there, there's a bit of a Frankenstein's monster a little bit of a cat and mouse thing going on and also like a really 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 tense claustrophobic story for Balana as well it's really good and it features Ron Canada I'm seeing who we're a big oh, nice. fans of here Unfortunately, no holiday content. So inadmissible. We are not going to the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, other guest star shout outs for this episode, Ken Olant as Jason Vigo coming in at a cool 53 years old, <laughs> uh, possibly <laughs> Peter Slutsker as Berta, who yeah. I think is another Ferengi. Yeah. This, the, it's the, he's the bureaucrat. The bureaucrat. Yeah. He's the one on the, on the big screen, right? He mm. was, yeah, he was the best example of new Ferengi. Yeah. Uh, we also have Amy Pietz as Lieutenant Rhodes, who I do specifically remember writing down on my notes that she's a real cutie. Uh, Michael Sisti as Tall, the other another Ferengi on the ship, no. and of course Michael Burr. Oh, I thought that was voice. the the other uh, the other security guard, the right? other security officer. Yeah. It was the cute one and the tall one. There's the tall. <laughs> one. She's such a good description of them, basically. Yeah, because yeah. he's about six tall. foot taller than her. Ton, uh, tall one is not credited. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. I do remember this specifically when I took the notes because I was like, oh, she's cute. And I, like, I followed, I looked at her page and everything. Uh, and apparently she revealed in an interview that they padded those uniforms to give people like ideal proportions, which is a different thing from the first season. Because in the first season, you can tell that the, the excuse me, the striped uniforms, you can tell that they're form fitting, like body fitting. Yeah, there's dwarf looks really tiny in his because yeah. his head makeup is so big, and he looks really skinny. Like Michael Dorn mm. looks really skinny in it. So apparently, they would pad out the shoulders and the you know wherever you felt like you wanted. They wanted you to look a little bit more. I um, think I think I got that. I mean, once I started playing with cosplay. You know, mm-hmm. the amount of, like, for example, shoulder pads. There's way more shoulder pads than you ever thought there was in the 24th mm-hmm. century. Um, <laughs> and when you get one, so the, the, all the stuff you get, here's a sidebar. Uh, so when you get any of these things come through, they generally don't come with pads as standard. Um, and then, so when you get one tighter, you get pads put in, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm on the set now. <laughs> now I'm now I'm a Star Trek. Oh, now, now I'm, I'm Star Yes, now I am a Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Vigo, um Vigo's a hottie. I know he's in his 30s yep. pretending to be 20. Um but in he's LA, very 30s pretending to be 20. I know, but it was very he's very like 90s hottie. It, like Jonathan yeah. Taylor Thomas he's like got that it's, hair. Uh, the it's hair. the hair. Yeah, the it's hair. yeah. Uh, my favorite, probably one of my favorite moments was when he was like, when they beamed him in for the first time and he's like, beam me back down. And he turns around and he puts his arms up to like, one, he, was he wanting to be beamed down like onto the side of the cave? Like, he, like, yeah, he turns around and he assumes the position yeah. that he was in. <laughs> it's like- what I'm like, like one, bro. one centimeter off and he's falling to his death. <laughs> you fall to your death. <laughs> I know. I, I, like, I wanted the uh, the transporter chief to be like, I'm sorry. That's a little bit. I'm just, I'm not O'Brien. He's yeah. not here anymore. I'm not going to beam you into the side precise. of the wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Scotty. I'm not beaming two people from different locations onto one transporter. Plant. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Alternate timeline. Scotty is capable of so many things. Uh, he's he's Ooh. he's something real special. Oh, uh, was the subspace transporter a bit of a precursor to the transwarp transporter, which is a terrible Ooh. idea because it completely <laughs> relegates all of Starfleet to obsolete. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't. Well, need, that's why they had to seal anymore. it up in in the uh, in the the sector. Th- probably Daystrom. It's Daystrom, isn't it? In, into darkness, isn't it? Daystrom, or where do, where do they steal the transwarp? Where does not Khan, but totally Khan th- steal? It, they, they talk about Section Thirty. I don't think they say Daystrom. It could well be Daystrom, yeah. but they they talk about Section Thirty One. Um, yeah, that would it. be. Uh, 
Maybe that's the first, oh God, what a mess that movie is. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> uh, Into Darkness. I will say that, uh, yeah, he's got, Ken Olen has that sort of dumb hot face. Uh, Listen. But he's aged very well. I feel like his IMDb. Handsome, <laughs> unemployed, and epileptic. Make him gay, and he's basically me. I'm just saying. It's just like. <laughs> we, we right, in fairness, Vigo. we don't know he isn't. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, he hits on he hits on Deanna pretty hard, which is probably he's just he's masking. He's, yeah. yeah, he's masking it. You know, he's trying. He to could smell Riker off her. Oh no! At this yeah. point, he yeah. could smell Worf. Yeah, he's like the. Pheromones. Oh, that's true. She was dating Worf at this point. <laughs> A very brief six episode stint. Uh, yeah, that seizure on the floor. I was like, man, this guy. He's giving me seen. vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh. This is what else here? What else is there to talk about? Everything. Uh, I like how much Picard is disapp- like clearly disappointed that this is his son, yeah. <laughs> but also trying to make it work. I don't know. There's there's something. He's cl- there's Picard is very mature in so many ways, but he's not developed in some very specific interpersonal ways, uh, which is. Uh, interesting i think that's one thing that the picard series does a really good job of is showing him developing emotionally vigo yes. was written was written very gen x um mm, where yeah. it was like i'm not you old man um like when they were in his his study looking at all of his like artifacts and he was like oh this trash it's and it was like it's like clearly this has like value to this person and like you, you can't even fake it um you can't even like like you should have got the money the money would have been worth more than this like like where where is this coming from like where like i understand like you you clearly don't even have this even feelings of abandonment from this person um but you're still like like this is garbage basically. Well, you know, he might have some reasons to be resentful. He lost his mother. Mm. So he's had to, probably he hasn't had therapy because this is a nineties written show. So his way of dealing with it is like, I don't need anybody. Oh, I don't have a dad. Now I don't have a mom for sure. Fuck it. You know, I don't need stuff. Nothing matters. Nothing has value. And there's that. Dollar. Yeah. There's those references to his, you know, th- the way the upbringing was that Miranda Vigo made sure that he and all the other people that she took in were tough, that they were able to survive. That, yeah. like, in terms of, in terms of, like, yeah, okay, I buy that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, great, cool, I have a dad. This doesn't affect my life whatsoever. Sure. Um, and the. And you kind of get the smarminess as well, like particularly that scene with Troy where he's like, you know, coming on like a ton of bricks. Um, like, I don't think the way he describes, um, I think it's, is it K- K- K-more 5? Um, the the way he describes it is a bit like your subtle stops in orbit. You know, you kind of, you know, you if you're going to get something done, you got to live hard, live fast um, and, you know, get your stuff done. Um, so the idea of he's just like, he's just so just rolls with it. Like, for example, he's beamed off a rock. He's like, oh yeah, okay. Okay. You know, and then, yeah, exactly. He seems so legitimately unconcerned. And I think that's, that's not it. Cause sometimes you can be like, you know, so the actor didn't know what he was doing, but I don't get that feeling. (laughs) Like I, I I don't get, yeah. Was the planet that they beamed off of the one he was raised on? 
think yes. so. Yes. yes. Yeah. Was that the they, one with only 12 people? With only eight humans. Oh, eight humans. Okay. Oh, humans. Oh, yes. okay. Because like, I, like, I was like. Three of them are female or something like that. I was That's like. It. How was she killed by four people? Like, how did he not know who killed his mom? Because yeah. there's only there's only eight, nine, like twenty people on the whole planet. Like, imagine then, Adam and Eve walking into Cain and Abel, and Cain going, "I didn't do it." Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> shit. Well, who, who do you think it was? Yeah. I just don't know. Just no way. What a mystery! You're covered in his blood. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Ah. Uh, yeah, I try to pick him up and help him, but uh, you're like eating the food that she was holding, but I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, this is. I love. I, I like the Gen X thing. I like. I like the upbringing perspective. Let's let's just let's just be real here. So much of Jack Crusher's personality is really similar to Jason. Not in the not caring about things, but that sort of I do what. I do what I have to do to survive sort of mm. vibe. Um, there's some clear influence and attitude there. I think maybe it was accidental. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, well, and part of it, I think they changed spoiler alert. They changed Beverly's character a bit and personality a bit to make her, harden her a bit mm. to Miranda Vigo her Miranda Vigo her in yeah. order for her to train Jack to be like Jason Vigo it's because the way we the way Jack describes his upbringing in early Picard um, it doesn't sound like Wesley's upbringing doesn't sound no. like the way that that uh, Beverly raised Wesley it doesn't sound like that and so uh, a different mom raised Jack than raised Wesley and well, so, you know, that's something uh, Gabor Mate would say, uh, that no child ha has the same parents. No, Like, you know, if you have siblings, each of you got a different parenting, whether you uh, whether they would acknowledge it or not. Uh, that's a point. Yeah, yeah sure. You're, you're just not going to have the same experience because they'll know more. They'll have different perspectives at the time you're raised. My doorbell just rang. Yep. So um, you could just go off of that. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, I Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. I was going to say, I love, there is one bit of this episode that has aged very well, and it's the conversation between Crusher and Picard about parenting. I think that's aged that? very So it's a, it's roughly in the middle, basically. Okay. Um, he goes to he goes to her office and he says, I need to speak to another parent. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know full well, if you want parenting advice, you are skipping right past Worf's quarters. You're just not even going to consider it. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. you knew it was going to be good because when he walked in there and he goes, I want to talk about parenting and she puts her legs up on the chair. She like, <laughs> she's like, Oh yeah, let's talk. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, like, and I was just saying, uh, sorry, yeah, you were, like I was just saying, that's a part of this episode that has aged very well. The two of them having that conversation because she is the more experienced of the two when it comes to certainly when it comes to parenting. Um, I think, you know, we'll, you know, we as Trekkies will analyze and analyze and analyze Crusher in Picard for years to come. Lots of material. But I think protect your kid is like the basest, basest feeling you can do. And so that helps us understand Miranda a little bit. Less so the re less so that the fact that Vigo 
well, obviously he isn't Picard's son, but, you know, less so the fact that he's the son of a Starfleet officer and more... It, it, it's a bit like, um, or it's very like David Marcus. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking of that speech that um, Carol gives Kirk. Were we together? Were we going to be? Um, you had your life. I had mine. And sure. it's so, like, for 1982, I've always thought that was incredibly progressive. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really, really, really good thing to say. And I, there's, I think there's very deliberate um, shades of that here. You're, you're saying in this episode or are you saying it in Picard? In this episode, sorry, in this episode. I think, yes, gotcha. it comes back again yeah. in Picard, but it definitely, yeah. you can see the Carol Marcus in Miranda Vigo. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe she never intended to have a, like, a life partner. You know, that's that's another thing. Yeah. Even people today, women today are like, you know what, I want a kid, but I don't want to have a husband, <laughs> you know, I don't want to have two children uh, is often the case mm-hmm. when it comes to, to straight men. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's, that's really cool. And she may not even have known who the actual father was. It sounds like she had a really good holiday uh, when she, when she went down to earth. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. That's it. My, my, my thinking is not super clear today, but I think you're right. It is super progressive. We and- see that we really well in um, uh, the Orville. Um, Dr. Finn in the Orville, she has two kids and she's like, I never intended to get, I wanted children and I had children. I never intended to get married. I never had wanted to have a partner. And then of course she ended up with the whole situation with Isaac, but still it was like, I wanted kids. I had kids. That's mm. it. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's, there's something we're talking about this in a per- a dark period of American history where women are losing losing autonomy of their bodies. Yeah. But the the extension of autonomy of body is not just like I can choose whether or not to keep a pregnancy. It's like I can choose whether or not to even have one like at will. Like, you know, I think that that's the future here that is being teased almost. It's like, eh, you know what? My body is capable of doing these things. So I'm going to choose to use that. And I don't need to prescribe to the typical cultural like, oh, I'm having a kid with a person and now they are. Yeah. You know, I am tied to, to them for, you know, forever, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of this, uh, you know, fuck the Republican party. Uh, fucking. <laughs> yes. There's, this is an unapologetically. I was lured podcast. onto this podcast. Un- oh, unassuming. Gosh. I mean, I, 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 Irish. I, I just, oh, no. I just couldn't possibly <laughs> lads. Year Republican Party versus the idea of a republic are so far apart from each other. <laughs> I forgot about Sean's love for the GOP. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love them. So I do. Um, so, like, how's that massive descent into fascism going for you? Like, you know, it's horrific. Like, you know, all joking aside, it is horrific. It ain't great. It's a nightmare. Uh, it, we are absolutely the, was it the frog in water? Uh, the boiling pot the boiling, of water. Yeah. The boiling pot of water, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'm just it's... scared what it's going to take. Honest honest to God now, I'm, you know. Well, it's starting to be, it's, it's I mean, not starting. It's where the point where they expelled those three Democrats in Tennessee, two. or they, they expelled no, two of the, 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 two, black, the two black guys and the white yeah. woman didn't get expelled. It's like, is it any more on the nose than that? Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even trying anymore yeah. to hide anything. <laughs> Uh, it is a it is a dumb, talentless political uh, 
movement uh, and they're getting away with it because the, you know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be good at hiding it anymore. No. These are yeah. just, uh, these are thugs. No, these it's are, a, it's, it's a feature, not a flaw for, yeah. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Us. Um, it's, well, it's you know, uh, World War yeah. three is a five or six years away. So yeah. we'll so. see. Uh, in the retcon timeline from Strange New Worlds. Uh, That's true. And do you know, actually, I was, um, I had a good chat with a writer. This is back around the time that that episode came out, right? Uh-huh. And they were talking about this and the Bell Riots, which of course are next year. So enjoy yep. those. Yep. Um, and it's this thing, this, this idea of in 1966 or 1964, you know, when we're, when we're putting Star Trek together for the first time, these incredibly progressive, excuse me, ideas for the future... <laughs> I mean, they, they never dreamed Star Trek would still be going nearly 60 years later. <laughs> right. So yeah. I have so much sympathy for things like a bit of a retcon for that, because, you know, whichever writer originally said, ah, Eugenics Wars, 1996, they didn't 96. know that yeah. in 1996, Star Trek Voyager was going to go and visit L.A., right. you know. <laughs> Um, they, they they did never knew that was going to happen. So I, that that's one thing that I quite enjoy is how they have fun with some of the retcons. And I mean, sure. Pike speech, w- w- it was a bit light on laughs. I'm not going to lie, but I do like how they managed to work in. You know, there was a series of wars, simple as that. Series of wars, which would then be called, you know, World War Three. I'm not saying I'm looking forward to World War Three, right. um, but. Uh, I that is to try and put a wee bit of a positive spin on the dumpster fire that exists between the <clears throat> West and East Coast. Um, it's it'll get there, but 1966 they said humanity will go through absolute hell before it comes out the other side. Um, and it actually t- it ties in with uh, it reminds me I'm really 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 going off the rails here, um, but I don't know if either of you watched uh, the spinoff from Buffy Angel. No, I didn't. Best of nope. Borneo is one, right? That is indeed. Yeah. So there is a there 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 is a, a sort of an ongoing joke about every season there's an apocalypse, right? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> and there's a few good gags about it along the way, right? But in the very last episode. One character says, you know, well, we're talking about, you know, the apocalypse. And, you know, this is kind of like, oh, yeah, which one? Tuesday's one? And he's like, no, the. He says, the one that's been going on for 5,000 years and will uh, continue going on yeah. for 5,000 sure. years. Because we're all, it, I think it's basically it's in the context of you've just got to keep fighting. You've got to keep going because when you sit back, when you relax, you get things like the GOP, you get things like the repeal of Roe v. Wade. You know, it's, I'm I'm not, I know I'm simplifying there. I'm not saying people sat back. I know there's a lot of people fighting very, very hard every single day. Please don't get me wrong. Um, But yeah, you got to keep going. Um, And I think that when they were writing Bloodlines, no one ever thought it would be analysed alongside the GOP and, you know, <laughs> World War Three. Uh, you know, Damon Bach sitting there going like, I did not think I was going to spark this kind of a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, this is the classic Sagan Trojan horse of, you know, we keep talking about it years, years, years later. So uh, props to you, Nicholas. You are following in your father's footsteps. Thanks, Nick. It's well done, buddy. That, your, your writing has is a gift that keeps on giving. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think you're totally right. Like retconning, soft retconning, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I had already 
from that Voyager episode where they go back to 1996, the way I had made it make sense, my headcanon was, well, how many wars has the United States been in or how many wars have been going on concurrently with the United States just being like, oh, sipping on our lattes, happy, let's go day to day and pretend nothing else is happening in the world. So to yep. me, it was always like, yeah, I mean, like Khan is in Kashmir, like he's he's South Asian is what's implied, I think, um, especially with that name. So mm. yeah, like ha- there has been conflict in the Middle East, in South Asia, and uh, in, <laughs> now in Ukraine and Russia and life day to day for Americans, for the typical it's average American has on. not changed that much. We besides- just ended a 20 year war. Yeah. That we, of our own making. Of our so. own making. The <laughs> yeah. war in Afghanistan just ended a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. And so it was like, well, but it didn't really affect our day-to-day lives after 2002, 2003. Yeah. So just this idea that, yeah, there's an ongoing eugenics conflict makes sense to me in the Star Trek universe that yeah. eventually escalates to a World, World War III. Um, totally, totally works for me. Uh, retconning is very difficult to do. And if you can thread the needle, that I think is a sign of very good writing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> so the prayer, wanna... stick. Um, <laughs> the prayer stick, <laughs> he gives him the prayer stick at the end of the episode, the right. prayer stick that he just called garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Give him some latinum. Throw some latinum his way. (laughs) He clearly needs the money. He keeps stealing things. (laughs) Do you think there's like a tiny, like a safe deposit box on the Enterprise D with like 50 bars of latinum, gold press latinum, just just for situations where the only solution really truly is just a little bit of bribery or or, or giving money. You know, in Deep Space Nine, everybody had like a stipend, right? Everybody had like a, okay, here's here's your Starfleet allowance of latinum, you know, because you're in a place where they need money. You're outside of the Federation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Cisco always had money. Yeah. I yeah. feel like the Enterprise D would totally, because being the flagship too, where you're sent all these places, surely they've got a, a, a little vault on there. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you're dealing when you're dealing with Ferengi, when you're dealing with things like, hey, just y'all, just fuck off, just take yeah. some money and fuck off. Like, <laughs> and in fairness, that fixes ninety nine percent of issues with Ferengi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That fixed this issue with the Ferengi. Tell them there was not going to be any money. Yeah. Those those guys bailed on Bach so fast. Very quickly. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's like you said earlier on, it's the tying in of the DS9 Ferengi to the TNG Ferengi. Because right. at this point, that makes way more sense. Bach doesn't make sense once DS9 starts airing. Right. Yep. Where this is a retcon. This yeah. is a retcon. It's just it's so well done that it doesn't feel like one. But it is totally a retcon. I actually remember uh, the battle, right? So, or was it the last? No, the last outpost, sorry. The first appearance of the Ferengi. That in accordance with their customs, they will trade the life of their first officer for the uh, inconvenience of having been caught stealing from something. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's so not Ferengi. No, it's not Ferengi at all. They just didn't like that guy. (laughs) We're trying to get rid of him. They just yeah. hated that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, these are our customs, totally. Yeah, or it's like one less person to split the the pot with, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which they'll do that. Yeah, a hundred percent. In a heartbeat, they'll do that. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, we got to Sean. We got to have you back 
maybe for our season finale. If oh, you're yes, available please. for the magnificent Frankie, I think. Oh yeah, so that's, we're doing that. that episode. We're doing that for the for the finale. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'll um, be in that'll be in three, four, or five weeks. So yeah. Any okay, parting cool. thoughts? Before, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Sean. Respond. No, I'm just like yeah. I'm gonna make sure I'm free for that. I love that okay, episode. Good. Yeah, it's great. Great episode. Um, I was say, any parting thoughts here? Any like dangling threads that we haven't addressed? Um, it could even be stupid trivia. Oh, uh, trivia! I should look at the trivia. Um, I had a, I had a quick look there while we we're going. Um, Ronald D. Moore, who is a writer I respect so much, mm-hmm. uh, hated the episode. Uh, he was just like, <laughs> I didn't like the battle to begin with, so I didn't think it needed to be revisited. Um, and he said, basically, it's just a repeat of what was the earlier episode? Another. Oh, I had the quote here. Um, oh, hang on. There we go. Da, 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 da. Suddenly human. Uh, now, obviously, that is not Picard's son, but Picard becomes the father figure in that episode with the the, the human boy raised by Talarians. Um And yeah, I think maybe that's harsh but i do see where he's going from i was actually surprised at how much i enjoyed re-watching this episode sure and i think it's also it just takes on new life when you pair it with picard, with season picard three. yeah uh because uh, mark you earlier you said this is a nothing burger and i was like what and then you think about it, it's like yeah i guess if you just took it out of the context of the whole of star trek yeah maybe it's a little bit of a nothing burger but i think it works i think it works pretty well it's without, a character insight of Picard. Like, how does he react to this? Well, without Picard, it's like, you have a son, and it turns out it was all a trick. And then it's like, oh, that's thank God the, I don't have a son. Yeah, and that's then it was the over. messy part. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very sitcom-y where we go back to stasis at the end of right. it. Right. And it it's does, like, yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? And, and... There's that parting, like, here's the gift, and uh, we should totally talk sometime. Like, we and should we totally call. <laughs> well, we don't know, but I'm assuming, based on the fact that Picard, like, doesn't really try to stay in touch with all of his best friends for 20 years. Uh, yeah, unless he probably big, doesn't hit up. The big reveal in episode nine is Jason Vigo shows up on, on, <laughs> on the ship. Like, I, he's the, I'm here he's to rescue face, you, Jack. He's the face. In he's the, the face. <laughs> oh my God. I would love, he's found face. out that there is a real son and he's like, yeah. I'm not having any of this. Yeah. <laughs> you said I was your son. The, the prayer stick was completely stick. irradiated. That's what it is. It's dissolved him all the yeah. way through to become gloopy head Poor i've guy. held on to this prayer stick for 25 years <laughs> now uh, uh, when uh the only thing i had left was when beverly's like we need to do a dna test she extracts so much blood from him for the <laughs> dna test i'm like this is the future you can't just do like a little a little prick for blood i'm like so the, we're doing the- a dna test there's also a blood drive so we're just gonna do both at the <laughs> same time uh enterprise d blood drive uh, or like, she wants some extra blood for Picard in case it is his son, you know, just like, let's yeah. have some of these frozen <laughs> just in case we need it. Um, apparently Heal forced, your eromotic syndrome. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. So Vigo has Forrester Trent syndrome mm-hmm. uh, is what they call it, which is apparently a reference to the writer of the battle, Larry Forrester and Trent Reznor. 
just because Trent Reznor, I guess. Uh, who's That's the, some Metallus Prime bullshit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which existed before that episode came out. So did it? Oh, I didn't know that. It did. Yeah. Back from back from Enterprise when he he was a PA on Enterprise, and oh, he said, but it's still named after him. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. But it wasn't his choice the first time. I'm assuming think that was right yeah they just said we're going to do a joke and it's going to be called metallus prime and it's a kip that was that that was the gag in enterprise it was like oh it's going to be a rotten place this is just like yeah <laughs> uh whereas season three picard i mean i really enjoy season three picard but like so they just renamed free cloud yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it is just free cloud <laughs> well that's like my my character in our uh improv is named mccall and there's a species called the mccall in voyager which i didn't know oh, is it voyager is mccall well, probably because voyager just made a new species up every week well, that's true yeah mm. which is fine because that's what star trek should be about by the way it's, <laughs> it's in the fucking mission statement of star trek <laughs> i think it was the one where the doctor uh starts messing with his program and he becomes evil Oh, oh yeah, we did that actually. one recently, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's why it was like, "Oops." <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. No, it was that's the one it. where Kess wants to stay on the planet. She wants to like stay with some species called the Macaw. God. Oh yes, yes, yes. I totally remember. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. Macaw. Uh, Kess, oh, we right? know something Sean doesn't know. Woo. Every. Every Kess episode is burned into my memory. <laughs> Except for that one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Was that in a deleted scene or something, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've we've tapped a well pretty, pretty full. There's no more milkshake left here. So let's let's <laughs> jump into the archives. All right, let's go. Accessing Starfleet Archives. USS Enterprise D. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. Ah, Ensign Grisso, uh, would you like to sit with us here at the Intent Forward? I will stand. They still haven't put a chair that works for a Gazinti on the ship yet. You mean right. one with like a little hole in the back for your tail? I meant what I said. Do not correct me. Oh, my uh, bad. McCall, I believe that's an inappropriate thing to comment on the... Uh, different body, not nor- I mean, not abnormal. To be clear, I'm not saying it's abnormal, Grizzo. I'm just saying it's you have a tail. Most most species on the Enterprise don't. <sighs> so, what would you like? I can go to the tr- replicator and get you some. Was it tuna or something? What would you like? To- tuna. What? That what is a t- horribly stereotypical idea. <sighs> I will have milk. Milk. Okay. Milk. Okay. I'll, mm, why don't you grab the milk? Yeah. Um. I'm I'm gonna sit down to just if you want to stand there the whole time. Should can, we stand? Actually, should we stand so you don't feel different? Yes. Than, okay. Oh, let's we're stand. also gonna okay. Let's get one of the high tops. Actually, by yeah, the they yeah, they have these. Yeah, why yeah. don't we just stand over there? Go there. <laughs> and here is your milk. I got it. Room temperature is that okay, Grizzo? Or that is very okay. I thank okay. you for your consideration. I'm drinking some spring wine. If you want some spring wine, the spring wine's really good. I did not request spring wine. Okay, drink your milk. It's fine. Have your milk. I'm just having some Vulcan mead here. It's not Romulan ale, before you say anything, McCall. 
because well, again, ah, Vulcan. Yes, you are Lopeco Romulus. No, I understand why you would think that, but no, I'm. It's I'm his Vulcan. forehead. His forehead. It's a little more prominent than than other people's. It, he is a Vulcan, though. Don't worry. Did you just say my forehead is more prominent than other no, people's? No, buddy. It's all good. You look great. <sighs> Thanks. He's clearly a Tal Shiar spy. I, I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, I wouldn't say that, okay? I mean, look, as a Katian, you'd know totally... I'm sorry. Uh, he's into Okay. All right, I'm just... Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You'll get kicked out of Starfleet. Don't do it. Don't do it. It is so a how... common mistake. How's your how's your new posting in security, Grizzo? I It is challenging. Just three times today I was called to different security events and there was nothing there when I arrived. Except the last time. There were some very beautiful lights. I quite enjoyed that. But other than that, it was quite frustrating. Yeah, I'm looking over the logs here. It says that you're you've been tasked with finding Damon Box every time there's an apparition of Damon Box you have to find him it would have been fine the first times when they called a feline type race except he was a hologram I couldn't smell anything Uh, the last time I found out that he badly requires a bath oh yeah the captain keeps calling yeah that's weird I think he just likes cats does anyone else think it's weird that the captain is like has these this like whole collection of like artifacts in his room? I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I have I have these uh, cool rock and roll vinyl records from Earth's past in my quarters. I uh, yeah, I have, but anybody can have like music. That's fine. He has like ancient artifacts from different planets that he's like collecting and hoarding. Okay, well, what what? First off, McCall, where do you draw the line here? Like, what's hoarding and what's what's ancient? You know, like two hundred years. No, they're I mean, like Bajoran reli- stuff is so old because your culture didn't. Really I mean, our, our culture is awesome like, and it's like twenty thousand years old. No, but it's like religious artifacts. It's like he's got like, like, like if like if if I die, I don't want my earring to end up in Picard's like treasure trove. Okay. It is very possible that you will die as a lower decker. Uh, yeah. But perhaps your pagan light flashy things will be able to look after you. Pagan? I think he's talking about your orbs, which I hate to point out, McCall, but I think the orbs are kind of the Bajoran's version of taking artifacts from another species and just hoarding them. Or What? No! Those oh, are totally. ours! No, they're not yours. They're, they belong to the wormhole. I'm sorry. The prophets. What? The prophets. That, you can't call them that. They they're, are prophets. They're not wormhole aliens. I agree with a, the Romulan. Yeah, they're... Thank you. Half listen, thank you. Listen, Cat, you're new here. You can't Whoa. just you can't just throw around words like wormhole aliens. Don't do you it. You said don't it. Do it. You don't said do wormhole it. aliens. Remember, you are a pretty cat. You are a good cat. That's I respect they- your backwards beliefs. Backwards? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> okay, McCall, don't freak out. Okay, it's not like there's a paw wraith behind you manipulating events. I in think your there space. might be a paw wraith behind you. Okay, look, let's not throw out the PW anymore. Okay, that's that's on me. I shouldn't have brought it up because you get really weird about it. 
all I'm saying is you have to look at the perspective, like Picard's perspective. He's appreciating all these cultures. He's appropriating. He's those cultures. safeguarding all these items so that you know they they don't end up destroy. Like, think about that flute. You know that thing would have just been floating around in space forever, but he's got that flute on his desk now, and that's like it's safe. It's like on the safest ship in Star. I guess I understand the flute, but that prayer stick. What about if those he- people? If he were Kazinti, we would consider him an honorable person because he is keeping trophies of destroyed civilizations where he can always see them. See, Grizzo gets it. In his own way, you know. A strange, sure. You know, cat way. If he ever was to take your earring, I believe all of your people would have to die. And the Cardassians got quite close with that, so perhaps... Okay, perhaps. This- some fresh wounds here. We're bringing up some fresh wounds. You know, I did notice, Crizzo, by the way, that you just keep staring at McCall's earring. Uh, do you... Are you distracted, or is, is it's it It's a little reflection? dangly. I know it's a little dangly. Oh, I'm not distracted. I am hyper, hyper-focused. <sighs> okay. You look like you want to swat at it. He doesn't want to swat at it. Uh, you've hardly touched your warm milk. Is it, is it warm now? I thought it was room temperature. Well, it, it's warmed up since this conversation, <laughs> this conversation started. That is quite all right. I need to vomit behind the seat anyway. Oh. Great, great. He's a lot, a lot more cat-like than I expected. Yeah. That is racist. I've, I've seen you from across the ship. I didn't expect you to act as much like a cat as you do. Um, but I'm, I'm down for it. I, I'm, uh, I, 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 Data's cat spot. I, he's had me watch it a few times. Um, and he's he's great. I think I, Mr. Worf called him a noble warrior. It's probably why you got put on the security detail. Right, oh, Grizzo? that's true. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. I, I was Worf actually wondering... Me. Grizzo, if you would be open to this, I have this pitch here. And the thing is, like, I've gotten on the um, the Starfleet dating app here on the Enterprise D here because I'm trying to have what the humans call uh, a romantic fling, which results in a pregnancy, to have the experience of being a, a father who doesn't know that he has a child in the way that Picard has. And I noticed that uh, a lot of females, especially human females, are attracted to potential mates that are able to have a pet. And if you would be cool, just like hang out maybe one time when I have somebody over, just like, you know, you can play, you can do whatever you want. I'll have plenty of toys just so that they know that I, you know, I can take care of another thing. Grizzo to security. There is a Romulan <laughs> intruder in 10 forward. All right, Please is, send a large security contingent and if, make sure the Klingon is in it. This just, just happens all the time. If y'all are okay, I'm going to head out. I, this is getting weird. Um, I've never heard a proposition like that before. Um, I need you to remain. Your nose reminds me of a scratching post. Okay. Um... You realize the things that you say, Grizzo. It's hard not to just make assumptions. You know, you're 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 kind of asking for it in a way. The, 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 the parallels to uh, the throwing up behind the, the, the behind the, the seat that that was a big. That's a little bit like a cat. Yeah. Well, I can see ridges and forehead that I am not welcome here at this table. I shall now leave, and I will leave horrible. Horrible surprise in your beds this evening. Okay. Grizzle out. 
He's just in the corner of the room. He just I, I, I just pulled my laser pointer. I'm just he just following my laser pointer around the room. Your, your phaser pointer? Yeah, my phaser pointer. Uh, okay, well I have to go turn myself in and do the whole Tell Shiar test again. So Picard asked for my earring earlier. I'm just going to give it to him. He's going to take it anyway. After yeah, you're going to replicate. Just replicate replicate one and give him the replicated. That's, one. I'm going to give him the funny. real one. I'll take the replicated one. It'll give me some points with it. I thought. Well, I thought. You, I thought you said these things are holy artifacts. Yeah, but it'll give me brownie points. He might. He might uh, promote me. Uh, watch know? out. He's on. He's way. He's like <laughs> starting to climb the wall. It's it's, <laughs> it's the phaser. Your pagan gods don't exist. <laughs> Okay, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. <laughs> oh. Apparently, there are Kazinti telepaths in the animated series. Yep, and they—I was literally actually funny enough. I was just reading about them the other day, which is why Kazinti's fresh in my mind. So only the males can do it, and they okay. won't read females' minds because they don't think females think. And if you really want to make it, <laughs> oh, Kazinti, so it's not like a—it's not like I respect you. It's I no. don't respect you. <laughs> You're not even worth reading. And also, if you want to make a Kazinti sick, start thinking about things like eating a salad. It's so oh repugnant to them, it actually makes them sick. Incredible. Uh, oh, and they I won't read. It. Actually, you're looking. They won't read Vulcans either. They don't consider them um, worthy because they're herbivores. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, apparently, there is in the pen. I'm just reading the Memory Alpha article here. Full disclosure. There's a reference to Kazinti on Nepenthe. Apparently, they're all over Nepenthe. Yep. Um, so just before Riker, so Picard arrives and Riker does the cool, you know, shields up. And yeah, Picard just kind of looks at him. He's like, we've had some trouble with the Kazinti recently. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> just like we got cats. We just got cats everywhere. Exciting. Meow. Shields up. I do appreciate the little Shabonisms in uh, the first season of Picard. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's rate this thing. Let's rate this thing. Okay, so we have a system called the Drask system. It stands for dialogue, romance, action, suspense, camp, and stakes. Uh, And romance is a very fungible category. We've we've expanded that to include bromance or basically anything involving the heart. You know that romanticism, yeah, um, connection (laughs) stuff like that. So it's it's love. It's not necessarily like. It can also be like smut. Um, oh, okay, cool. So if yeah. people bang, yeah, that's okay. that's a yeah yeah that's a top that's a ranch. Top. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, season seven, episode twenty-two. So we'll just go down the list and then we we argue for and a it's score. It's a one to five score. Five zero to five, highest. actually zero to five. Zero to five. You're right. Zero cool. and the things. And it's on it's on a point five scale, so you can do like two point five or whatever. Uh, and. Question, just to recap, it's only the rock climbing on the holodeck, right? Is only the rock climbing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we rate sure. the holodeck only. Yeah. The holodeck scene only. So divorce it from the context of so, the rest of the episode. Right. No, okay. not the whole episode, just the holodeck content. Okay. So there have been some fantastic episodes that scored poorly because the holodeck content was subpar. Okay, so first category is dialogue. There's some heart-to-heart stuff here. Uh, the hairline joke. I liked the hairline joke. I Which thought it was they funny. recycled in yeah. the card. <laughs> also, uh, Patrick Stewart's delivery of, I like climbing. I just love it. I just thought that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's so just like, what a, what a weird line. But uh, yeah, so, and, and yeah, the, the hairline joke is really nice. Um, it, yeah. It, it made me think of like 
the quiet girl and a bad boy in a rom-com like like uh, um I'm bad like you don't want to get involved with me and and the and Picard was like the girl who was like but I do I really want to and he, and and Vigo was like no you don't and it's like it felt like that but it was like a, this old man and this this kid like I don't know I, I really liked it I thought it was fun and funny I want to be a part of your life right I like that and I think that is consistent like with Picard season three, like, you know, you get the feeling that if he, if he knew he had a kid, he would want to find a way to be a part. He's really trying this episode. He's yeah, not like, doing the stereotypical, like, I don't know that kid. I, I can't handle it. You know, he's right. really, he's really giving it a go. Oh, he's not my son. Beam that fucker into space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give him, um, I don't give know, a prayer stick and get him out of here. Stick, get him out of here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to say a three. Uh, Sean? Um, three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, don't feel the need to match our scores or anything like that. Go Give off the Give it whatever rails. you want. Yeah. Romance, which includes, you know, all types of love. I actually think that this is a pretty, pretty sweet scene. I, I would actually give it a, a, a four. The reminiscing about his mom, um, mm-hmm. who Picard banged, by the way. Um, yeah. Boop, boop. So I'm going to say a 2.5. 2.5. Wow, that's much lower than I expected based on what you yeah. just said. How about you, Sean? Well, I'm going to give it a one. One? He didn't wow. like her that much. He literally never called her. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't realize he got her pregnant. He just... Picard's oh, exactly. a hit... Because that's the only reason you'd hit somebody up. Like. Picard's a hit it and quit it kind of guy. He's not a... <laughs> well, apparently. He doesn't wow. He doesn't get numbers afterwards. He uh, He just, you know, he gets yeah. out of there. Yeah, the only numbers he cares about are star dates. Hey, I'm gonna give hey. it a three personally. Okay. okay, action. Do we actually see any climbing? Picard climbs the rock. We do exactly. Picard's stunt double climbs the rock, um, <laughs> and right. this is the one thing that, and it's in this. Now it's not awful in this episode, but this is the one thing where the remaster may not have done the next generation as many <laughs> favors as you'd think, because like the clearly 20 years younger stuntman, yeah. um, uh, the funniest one I think is anyway, it's a different episode. There's one. that's just like, that's, that's clearly not Patrick Stewart. Not Patrick Stewart. Yeah. 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 The, the way the TNG was intended to be consumed is on uh, a 1983 color te- like boob tube CRT you know where, where like it's a little uh, rounded at Commodore the 64 <laughs> just uh, just yeah all the colors are sort of blended together because that's how CRTs work uh, okay so the, we have the climbing we have the climbing of Patrick Stewart I just love that I love this set which is used for mm. everything. It's used the on Space Nine the, all the time. It's used in Chain of Command for the repelling and uh, you know that holodeck sequence. It's used for any scene that's underground, uh, and, yeah. it, and they got so much mileage out of it. So uh, just generic, a shout out to that set, the that generic scene. rock scene, cave scene, generic cave scene set. I think they use it in Enterprise when a Trip and Archer go on that. They most do, yeah, yeah. Voyager uh, uses it. It's. Um, I feel like isn't Chaotica's um, Oh yeah. I think Chaotica's you might be right, lab is like half lab, half rocky. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely. Uh, and then the the basics episode, uh, where the crew is stranded, I'm sure it's used there as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure, where that ensign gets killed by the Yeah. yeah. Uh or I was thinking uh Armand Bashir, the where uh, did, 
in the oh, cave, yeah. so where the the laser, the the yeah, yeah, the yeah. laser is. Yeah. Anyways, and, um, MVP of this episode of of Star Trek, just the whole mm-hmm. Star Trek. Generic are those, cave set. Are those rocks? You know the, the the iconic rocks. I know Sean knows because he went there for a Trek culture episode. So uh, so burned. Yeah. So <laughs> burned. I earned every second of those videos while I was there. I was say they should have a travel advisory for anybody who comes from the British Isles. To, you know, if you're going to be outside Shoot. in Los Angeles, slather yourself. Yeah, you need to be covered. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to get the ball rolling. I'm giving this a five for action. Respect oh. to the stunt double. Yeah, <laughs> respect him. Res- you know what? They should get some acknowledgement. Uh, I'm going to give it a one. Okay. It's going to even it out. Uh, and I'm going to give it a, a three. For, for for the climbing suspense I mean they're suspended uh, by the, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's not a lot of suspense you're here. the worst I hate you I so much awful. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a zero because I'm, of I'm that d- I'm giving it a zero for the exact same reason <laughs> it's, a, it's a triple zero there there's not much suspense at all camp the hairline like joke the hairline joke is pretty yeah. campy yeah um the the i'm a bad boy don't you see like to me that's so campy just like the you don't want to be with a bad boy um you're my son i don't want to be with you at all right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, i'm gonna give it a two for the joke alone two yeah uh, i'm gonna say 1.5 and uh the stakes I mean, very much emotional stakes but nobody's life is in danger I guess technically Vigo's life is still in danger at this point. Like because of the context of the holodeck, right? It's like the holodeck itself or this what's occurring in the holodeck isn't at stake. Well, are those safety protocols online? Because if they're off, (laughs) Picard like sneakily turns off the safety protocols. Like he died, he fell. Uh, I don't know what to say. I I guess I guess this problem is just like the absolute fuck. <laughs> this is not so. Yeah, exactly. I always shoot the hostage. Is Picard's uh, pushed him off the cliff? <laughs> this is the same Picard who burnt his brother and nephew just to make sure there'd be no more Picards. Exactly. Right. The, the The line must be drawn here. The line must be ended here. Uh, I'm going to give gonna it a say two. Two point five. Two five uh, for Mark. Two. Yeah. Two. Okay. Yeah, that went pretty quickly. Computer. What's our final score? Calculating. All right. That feels right to me. Yeah, that's... 2.11. It's a little lower than our um, Sea of Voyager middling episodes. Yep. It's a perfectly fine episode. Um, Coming so late in Next Generation's run, and I mean, like, what, there's like two episodes after this? Um, It's a bit like, yeah, we we didn't need this. Um... (laughs) But yeah, but that's, you know, TV, 26 episodes. But like this could have slotted in. This could have been episode two of the season and it would have made no difference whatsoever. Was Jordy even in this episode? Jordy? Yes, he is scanning the chair in the ready room. That's right. Him and Data. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was there. Like, you know, the contract says you're right. in every episode. We need episode. to be in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it must have been nice back in the day. You know, oh, I have a, I have a small week. I have like four days off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in one scene. That's great. You're only in one scene, Grant. You write and direct the next one. Sorry, what? Yeah, Lavar did direct quite a bit. 
Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Would you like to shout anything else besides Trek Culture or your Twitter or anything like that? Thank you so much. Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me back. I really appreciate it. Of course, um, man. It's, it's, just lovely chatting to you. Um, yep, you can catch me on Trek Culture, uh, catch the Clone Star pod as well. Mm-hmm. So as of the recording of this episode, our next episode coming out is with Stephanie Chikowski, who plays Lieutenant Tavine on Star Trek Picard Season 3. Oh, so yes. I'm really looking forward to share that one. And um, and our previous episode was with the wonderful Nana Visitor. So oh, that is available. my... <laughs> God, that was. I mean, there. It's it's incredible. There, it's just a lovely experience getting to talk to people. Um, so definitely. So you catch me on Twitter at Sean Ferrick. Um, that is. If you go there, you'll find links to everything else. But yeah, Trek Culture. Make sure you keep checking out the videos. Make sure you check out the ups and downs that come out every week. Yes. Uh, because they, myself and Chris Thompson, write them, and I think the next two episodes, which I definitely have not seen, are going to break him. <laughs> Aww. As a, as an editor, I think they're going yeah. to break him. <laughs> what, as, um, what, as a fellow editor, I I have so much respect for what Chris does. Uh, yeah. Having to work, burn that midnight oil. So uh, more, he he does ig- ig- ignite the uh, midnight petroleum. Yeah, yeah as yeah, someone yeah. married to an editor, <laughs> I also uh, understand. Um, uh, the, by the way, that was a fantastic stealth data quote. Thank you. Thank what you. um what day does a Clone Star Pod come out? Uh, it comes out Wednesdays. Wednesdays, okay. Cool. Wednesday. Mark, cool, any, cool, anything cool. else you want to? What are we gonna um, do next week? I've got I got a list here. Yeah, what's our next? What's left on our list is Dark Frontier Voyager season five episode fifteen. Dark Frontier, of course. I don't think we chose these thematically, but I don't remember what happens in Dark Frontier. Do you, Sean? Borg heist. Borg trying heist. to steal a transwarp core, a coil, and it's the first time we meet Susanna Thompson's Borg Queen. Uh, yes. Is, is that her only appearance or her? She gets two. She's in she Unimatrix Zero as well. Gotcha. Uh, and she's a seriously underrated queen. Um, like, I, I I, really like her. Um, I get why Alice Grieg is so beloved. Like, she originates the role. Yeah. And also, heart's fucking breaking for Annie Wershing, but yeah. she was fantastic yes. in Picard Season 2. But I think herself and Alison Pill were the standouts of Picard season two for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool that I think they, they named a ship. Is it a Worshing class ship or, or something? It's like that? a, it's a Akira class. Uh, the okay, USS so Worshing. It's the USS That's right. It was Worshing. at the yeah, fleet yeah. museum. Yeah. yeah. At the museum. Yeah. It's um, very sad. It is. It's super sad. Uh, we also, oh, we meant to do Oasis. We're going to do Oasis for Enterprise, oh, which lovely. is her first yeah. episode and her first yeah. TV role ever. Yep. We, yeah, because we were going to do Oasis after we did Shadow Play because it's kind of the spiritual it's success. Basically the Shadow same Play. episode. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because also Renee Abergenois is in that one too. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. He's her dad. And so. Um, Cool. Well, folks, our, our intro and outro music was provided by the artist Bodyline, used with the permission of the Midwest Collective. Our computer voice was provided by Verona Blue. If you enjoyed this podcast, we were supposed to do this at the top. I keep forgetting I to know. do it. If you, if you enjoyed it, uh, go ahead and subscribe. Give us a rating if it's possible on the podcast platform that you use. Uh, that really helps us out. Also, we have a Discord where people chat about 
Picard spoilers and they're all, you know, there you can have a little bit more control over you get if, if you get shoved Picard spoilers down your throat uh, and, and everything else too. We talk about like TOS, the animated series, all the old shows, all the new Trek shows. Uh, it's a real fun party. We also have a Twitter and Instagram, which are a little less active, admittedly. And uh, yeah, so just, just look for Trek to the Holodeck. Check the link in the description of this episode. We belong to a great a uh, podcast network called Indiesaurus. You're listening to an Indiesaurus production. Check out some of their other content. And finally, this is a fan podcast. We have no relation to Paramount Plus or so what, CBS Viacom, CBS Global, Paramount Global, whatever they're calling themselves now. We are just having fun. This is nothing official. Uh, we're super happy to have Sean along, and I think Sean would probably agree. You know, for for legal purposes, we don't have anything to do with any. Uh, this is this is just some fans shooting the shit. So it's please leave us alone. That's right. Uh, cool. Well, computer and program and program. You spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite, and for a while I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All holo simulations have been terminated. Yeah.